In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord's healings are described in very different ways. Some healings he approaches as addressing a physical ailment. And he explains it as such. In other instances, he's dealing with someone whose affliction is a result of a sin they committed. And he says, instead of you are healed, he says you're forgiven. In other instances, he's dealing with something that is a matter of demonic affliction. With that in mind... We need to calibrate how we react to bad things when they happen. Some things are simply a matter of material things breaking. Everything that's physical will break down at some point. Some, some of the aggravations we deal with in the course of a day are a result of our own sin, the bad effects of which come back at us, or the Residue of other people's sins. Other times we're dealing with things that really simply come straight from hell. Three days ago, if you recall the gospel reading, our Lord sent out the twelve... And the gospel says he gave them authority to cast out demons. Every word in that sentence is very important. Our Lord didn't say to the twelve, I want you to go make a retreat. I want you to become really holy and pray a lot and... Um, And then the efficacy of your prayers will result in power over demonic influences. Now, he's actually saying that to all of us. But he gave a very different mission to the twelve. To the twelve, he simply gave them authority. The authority of God over Satan and the fallen angels is clearly on display in the beginning of the book of Job. We don't hear too often from the book of Job. And so actually I encourage you, instead of picking something out of the ordinary for your spiritual reading, this Lent, perhaps decide to read more carefully the Bible. Whether it be a few books, maybe one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament... It would be hard for you to read slowly and carefully and follow footnotes if you were to attempt the entire Bible over the 40-some days of Lent, but maybe that should be the resolution for the year. If you were to pick up the book of Job and reread it or read it for the first time, I would encourage you to pay attention to that startling contrast between the introduction... And the human conversations that follow after that in the book of Job. 
It begins with a conversation, a series of conversations between God the Father and Satan. It's very unsettling when we read it the first time. We think that the, the author perhaps is, is presenting a, uh, an un, unsettlingly casual interaction between the divine and the demonic. We would prefer to imagine the devil being seething and cowering in a dark corner or flapping his wings in fury and making hell colder and colder. But actually talking to God, that disturbs us. Regardless of how we imagine that interaction, we need to be mindful of the fact that all of the fallen angels and Satan are under God's authority. When God binds them, they are bound. When he forbids them of something, it is forbidden and it does not happen. Imagine God sending messages or just simply exerting his power in whatever way you want to imagine it. That authority is real and that should give us great comfort. That authority then, God not only keeps for himself, but he extends it to moms and dads, to grandparents, to pastors, to bishops, deacons and priests, religious superiors. They have real spiritual authority over those entrusted to their care and their prayers and blessings carry authority. In addition to that, we need to try to grow in virtue, all of us. To grow in penance. So that even our our personal prayers are efficacious. There's that distinction between those things which happen by the authority of God. Like the sacraments. The efficacy of the sacrament is a function of God working through his instrument to make something happen as a fact. There are those things which owe their efficacy to the operator, to the person who's actually doing it. So sometimes we will ask someone to pray for us, but not any random person. We ask holy people to pray for us. When it comes to mass, you have no choice. You still have to ask a priest to offer a mass for you. But even if he's an unholy priest, the Mass is the Mass. The sacrament happens. Instead of dividing the two, we need, to, we need to see how all of us are called to do both. All of us have been given an authority, and all of us are called to be holy. That being said, look then at what follows the introduction to the book of Job where Satan's name is mentioned 14 times in the first chapter and a half. And after that, nada, zilch, hidden. And consider how the the human conversations in the book of Job do or do not take into account the activities of demons, fallen spirits. And how sometimes we are afflicted, not because of 
earthly decay and not because of spiritual lack of nourishment, but simply because we are a target and the demons want to ruin everything that we do. Some people see the devil behind everything, and that's also a problem. Pay attention to the Gospels. God does not attribute every disease, every ailment to demonic activity or to sinfulness that results in affliction. Sometimes, and sometimes not. So we need to be able to do our own diagnosis. Why, why is this thing happening? What's going on? It could just simply be, the batteries died, I need to change the batteries, that's why the alarm didn't go off. Sometimes the devil gets into something and prevents it from working. Sometimes we are troubled by something because our soul needs food. Grace, prayer, the sacraments. It needs exercise. It needs to be worked. It needs to be used to be to be strong. Sometimes we are troubled simply because the devil wants to ruin something. In a day and age where we have people burned to death and decapitations making front page news, which made the Old Testament quite visible. It's not hard anymore to imagine the terrible things of the Old Testament. It should be no surprise that when we even refer to groups by the names of ancient Egyptian gods, the names of whom correspond to demons, that something truly evil is afoot. For that matter, we should be wary of anything that goes by the name of a Greek god or an Egyptian god or a Syrophoenician god or anything because they all correspond to demons. By the same token, sometimes the devil just gets into a little thing, that little aggravation, that little annoyance. It's as simple as prompting you to choose the wrong word and hit the wrong button and create a wrong reaction in somebody else. Or it's as simple as preventing you from hearing what somebody said and you misinterpret it and you take offense and we're off to the races. Taking a page from the lives of the saints, if we live a life of virtue and are consistently of not falling into temptation, consistently live in a state of grace, we can expect to be visited more and more often by these pernicious little visitations from hell. So we need to grow in wisdom, pray for wisdom, and grow in courage. Not to be afraid of any of this. In fact, at some point, we will look forward to them. It should make sense. If something bad is about to happen, the devil doesn't need to do anything else. If something really good is about to happen, then he's going to try to get it off track. 
Try to ruin it. Try to make you put you in an irritable mood before someone uh, is about to interact with you who would otherwise be changed for the better. When really bad things are happening, be excited that something good is in the is in the works, and the devil's trying to prevent it from taking place. Whether it be the whether it be the book of Job from beginning to end, or the or the, the or the story of the gospel and our Lord's life and death and resurrection, we know that the worst things that can happen are followed by the most glorious acts of God. And so as Christians then we need to be stout of heart, be wise, be courageous, and be joyful. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.